Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. That was Lissy with Beth's Days. Standing by is Marilyn Moss Rockefeller. She was on uh, about a month ago, but we only got to talk about 10 minutes, and I wanted to have her back on because she wrote this great book called Mountain Girl, From Barefoot to Boardroom, and we didn't even get to touch on some of these amazing experiences she has had from hosting Andy Warhol in the Velvet Underground at her home during one of his art shows uh, to car- traveling with Carol Shelby and the Ford Racing Team. So uh, it's my pleasure to have her back on the show. Good morning, Marilyn. Good morning, Janine. I'm so glad we could make this happen because last time we only had about 10 minutes and we didn't even get to touch on some of these incredible moments um, you know, that you had shared with me. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be back. Tell me a little bit about, I don't know if I asked you this last time, but you, you recently we have this new book, Mountain Girl from Barefoot to Boardroom, but at what point did you decide you were going to tell this story? Well, I, I actually didn't start out to write a memoir. I, I couldn't imagine writing about myself anyway. I, I don't know if most people can do that, but um, I, wouldn't have, I didn't think I'd be comfortable. Uh, and I was going to write the Moss Inc. story my company story, because it had become quite well-known, the story in New England, and I had been invited to speak at various business conferences and workshops um, because we had been a successful business, making money, actually, by being socially responsible and really caring for our employees and with respect and trust and caring. It was quite a quite a remarkable community, uh, all of us working together. So people had urged me to write the story. In fact, one person uh, at the end of my talk said, you must write your story. It's even better than Tom and Jerry's. (laughs) So I thought, oh, wow, that's quite a a nice compliment. Okay, I'll give it a shot. So I, I decided when I started writing that I really didn't have tools and in structure in writing. I had written business proposals and, um, you know, some marketing and that kind of thing, but not anything really literary. And um, so uh, I applied and was accepted at Spalding University in Louisville, Kentucky. And I went to get my master's in creative writing for two years. So I came back, uh, but while I was there, and in that program, I started the Moss story. And one or two, maybe even all of my teachers said, wait a minute, Marilyn, you know, this this is an incredible story, but we need to know, and the reader needs to know, where do you, how could you do this? Where did you get this ability to run a company. You didn't have any business experience. You hadn't been to business school. Um, sure. You you entered completely without any skills in that direction. And uh, they said, we need to know about you. Who are you? Where, mm-hmm. where did you start? Where did you get those values that you led your company with? And that's how I started writing then my story. And Um, I found it very uncomfortable at the beginning, and it was hard to get into it to write about me until one of my instructors said, now look, just put yourself back 
mm-hmm. into the shoes of that little girl, that little girl in the Appalachian Mountains on, you know, on top of one of the mountains with your grandparents on the farm milking cows, okay. shooting squirrels. Just put yourself back there and think about that little girl. And so once I did that, I really sort of got into the story and started really remembering incidents that were um, obviously memorable to me. Sure. That had stuck in my memory. Yeah. And, uh, but then I, after about a few years working on it, I got a call from a former employee who had since gone on out, out west. And he said, Marilyn, he was one of the designers with my former husband. He said, a guy called from New York, and he is, wants to write a book about Bill Moss and his designs. Um, and I told him, if anyone writes this story, this is my friend saying this, if anyone writes this story, it should be Marilyn Moss, not someone else. She knows the most about it. And uh, so I put my memoir aside and started back writing about the company, but not per se with me in it and and what it was and how it became. It was more of a biography of Bill Moss and his genius and designs over the year, and it was called Bill Moss, uh, Fabric Artist and Designer. You know what? I'm looking at it right now. As you were talking, I looked it up, and there's a ah. picture of you. Uh you're, I think you're lecturing, and then um, there's a picture of you, Marilyn and Bill Moss, stand under the first company sign, Tent Works, which included yeah. an old Singer sewing machine yeah. in Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was in Camden, Maine, and that's when we moved to Camden, and, and Bill said, you know, I think it's time we manufacture our own products instead of um, licensing them to other manufacturers because they, I think they lose their integrity, and we need to mm-hmm. keep that. So that was how that all started. And so my writing had to, with this book that you also probably have in your hands, The Mountain Girl, um, I had to put aside. And for two years, I worked on that book. And I applied the tools and skills that I had learned at the, the program for the master's program. And I used it for that book. And it was very successful and people really loved it and of course the images and the photographs were really what sold the book sure. and and what it was about uh the imagery of design Amazing. so then once i got that done then i went back to the memoir and i found myself rewriting and rewriting and rewriting Mm-hmm. I, I somewhere <laughs> wrote that, read that uh, Joan Didion, before any book was published, she had probably rewritten it 50 times. Well, I don't well, think I quite did 50. I, you know, it may have been 20 or 30 or something. Anyway, it was pretty substantial. My, my studio is filled with drafts. Oh, I bet. And uh, <laughs> piles and piles of them. Uh, but each, I loved it because each time I learned more about writing and I also learned more about myself. Sure. And so the book took, a, it, it became its own sort of life. It became not even the way I thought I was starting out and what I was going to do. 
And it became obvious what the point of the book was the more I worked on it and the more I worked on it. And so by the time that I finally sent it to a publisher, it was um, it is what pretty much what you read now. Well, it's fantastic. I mean, because it dives into the different experiences you've had, you know, that were transformative. Yes, they were. You know, I was little hillbilly and uh, tomboy and the mountains of West Virginia. I was brought up, though, those first nine years with my grandparents that were the most valuable years, I think, of my life. And I was very happy. I thought I'm so glad I had that opportunity. I know a lot of people say, oh, you poor thing, Mm -hmm. because it was in uh, the end of the Depression. But uh, we didn't feel poor. I didn't feel poor. I had warmth and love from my grandparents. And we always had food. We were a self-sustaining farm. Mm -hmm. And we had not only enough for us, but enough to share with less fortunate uh, families around. So it it was just a wonderful time for me. But then when my mother sent for me and she could afford to have me with her in Maryland, then that's when the first transformative thing happened because she had to tell me that, uh, or she didn't have to tell me, but she said to me, you know, Marilyn Ray, we're going to drop the Ray. That's much too Southern. So we're just going to call you Marilyn. Oh. Okay. (laughs) And then she said, oh, and those pigtails. You're much too old at nine to have pigtails. Oh, come on. So she got cut off my pigtails and, no. you know, put me to a She cut them off? She cut off cut your pigtails. Off. And then got permed, you know. Oh. Back then, perms were ugh, yeah. pretty awful. And like you got, stuck your finger and, in a you know, light socket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And so, yes. And so she, you know, just set out to try to make me into a young lady mm-hmm. instead of a tomboy and having to walk with a dictionary on my head and learning how to sit and cross my legs properly and and at the ankles only. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sit down at the table and immediately put my napkin on, on my lap, lap and yeah. <laughs> hold your uh, utensils this way. Yes. and drink this way and don't talk with your mouth full and blah, blah, blah. So in all of this, she also tried to change my accent, which was a little harder for her to do. Sure. Um, but we would sit at the breakfast and dinner table with her saying, now follow me, how now brown cow. And I would do my best to pucker my lips the way she did. And mm-hmm. I thought she sort of looked like a fish with that. But right. anyway, I pucker my lips. Well, you know, and go, how now, brown cow? They just wouldn't stay puckered. You know, that, that sure. accent, uh, that hillbilly accent is deep. Your, your tongue is way back. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I guess enough times she finally drilled it into me. So funny. Well, because how, how many years were you apart from your mother? Nine years. That's a long time. It was a very long time. I'd see her, you know, occasionally, intermittently. In fact, at the age of three, my grandparents put me on the train to go visit her uh, in Wheeling, West Virginia, where she was uh, teaching. And uh, they put me on the train and with a uh, tag on me. What? And because, like yes. a piece of luggage. <laughs> <laughs> if and lost, return to sender. Because my grandfather worked at the railroad, he had a pass, so then the conductor would take me back into the caboose. So a lot of my life, 
was riding a caboose back and forth for the weekends to occasionally visit my mother. Starting at three. Mm, yes. Wow. <laughs> Starting at three. We're so lucky that, you know, nothing happened to you. Oh, I know. I know. But, you know, you know back then we were all so trusting of everything. There was no... Yes. You know, that, that was so different now. Yeah. Um, I I tell the story. I used to ride the Crosstown bus at night in Manhattan. My mother wanted uh, me to take horseback riding lessons, and I was eight. And first she uh, she trained me, like, how to get there and what to do and where to catch the bus back, and I did not like horses anyway. And so I remember she said, just zip up your Mighty Mac jacket, and you'll look like a boy. And terrified riding that bus back at night from um, through Central Park, uh, to eat to the east side. Yeah, eight years old. And, you know, I'm thinking, thank goodness nothing happened to me. Well, exactly. That That's uh, that's back then, but mm-hmm. now it's a little different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you must have missed your grandmother terribly, having gone back to your mom after nine years and you're being taught how to do this and do that, and things were more relaxed with grandma. Oh, yes. Very definitely, and and well, you know, we worked hard uh, on the farm. My grandmother and I, when my grandfather was uh, working at the railroad in the machine shop to try to get a little money to bring in, and um, it it was, but it was wonderful because it was with my grandmother, and she was so warm and vibrant, and uh, I spent so much of my time in the kitchen with her. Because I think it's really my beginning of loving food and the feel of making food and the smells of food. And mm-hmm. uh, and that just, again, was all emanating warmth. That's beautiful. And, yeah, it was it was a wonderful time. I feel like and those... And I miss them. I, I was going to say, I, I was going to add that I feel like those experiences um, give you, you know, some kind of creative sense when you're writing because you can tap back into those emotions oh absolutely yeah you know, i couldn't have written this book without being able to do that mm-hmm. i i don't know maybe other writers go about it in a different way but i i really had to smell those smells i had to feel that warmth in my my grandmother sitting in her lap and Oh. The smell of her and, uh, you know, all all those things. If I couldn't have tapped into those, mm-hmm. I don't think I I don't think I could write. Sure. That's my way. And don't you think there's a and I know probably the answer to this, but there's it's such a blessing to have been a tomboy because there's such a level of resilience and also how yes. you look at things creatively Yes, indeed. You have, we had to make our own toys, and you know, climb trees was my favorite thing. And all, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of children. Only when my cousins would come for dinner or something on a Sunday, which didn't happen every Sunday, and uh, so I just learned to entertain myself. Um, and I did a lot of reading, uh, but also my father had wanted a boy in the worst way, and he was convinced that my mother was going to give birth to a boy. He already had the name picked out, which was Ray. It was going to be Ray William McGraw. Okay. And when it was a girl, uh, (laughs) 
came out, he said, oh, damn, a girl. <laughs> I'm a little unhappy. Aww. You know, I had to take a slug of whiskey. And uh, But what he started doing when he spent time with me is just, saying to me, Marilyn, you can do anything a boy can. Mm. You know, what's yeah. the difference here? Yes. And uh, he just gave me that that insight of, of confidence that, why can't I? And he would say to me, I can do it. I can do it. And he drilled that into me to the oh, point I where I think everything I have ever faced, and and some things are not even in that book because we just ran out of room trying to keep it to a certain size. But I think everything that I faced in fear or a surprise or whatever, it's, I always hear his voice and I say it to myself, I can do it. That is so great that he instilled that in you at such a young age. Yeah. And I was pretty lucky. So if you're just tuning in, I've been chatting with Marilyn Moss Rockefeller about her book Mountain Girl from Barefoot to Boardroom and everything is on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Any last bit of info you'd like to leave us with about the book? Well, I, 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 I was really stunned when it, when it first was published and I received so many accolades and so many people writing me and it wasn't just women. I have men too, which even mm-hmm. surprised me more. And I realized that I was starting to feel the gratitude of what I hoped the book would do. I would, I hoped it would resonate to really give inspiration to try to instill in anyone who was reading it to not give up if there's something you're working towards or something you like or something situation you've been put into that you just as rather not be in but just get it done just do it right so exactly. that's it that's a nice feeling to know that some people are really reading it like i had hoped Definitely. it would be yeah well it's a great book i want to congratulate you once again I'm so glad you called back in again because we got to touch on some things we didn't get to chat about the first time around. Yes. Thank you very much, Janine. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Take care and be well. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Marilyn Moss Rockefeller uh, back to talk about her book, Mountain Girl, From Barefoot to Boardroom. Again, there is uh, information on the show blog. It's an incredible memoir detailing her colorful journey from her humble beginnings uh, to the helm of a multi-million dollar company. And um, if you want to find out about being a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E. Actually, that is not the correct email. <laughs> I was about to give you my website. Okay, it's J-A-N-E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. Uh, if you look at the show blog, you'll be able to see every guest I've had along the way. Again, that's getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I've got video interviews because I've done a lot of those during the pandemic and audio as well. And I started the show in 2011. Hard to believe. Poof. All this time has gone by. We're going to take a short break and then I'm going to be back with author Wendy Willis Baldwin about her new book, The Sisters We Were. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.